Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. It's your host with the most, Chris. I hope everyone's having a fantastic week. It's been a while. It has been a while. The last episode you guys saw was last Monday, I believe, whenever I did the live episode at uh, West Texas Comic Con at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center uh, about, I'd say, now almost two weeks ago it happened. So it was, uh, what's it called? Sorry, sorry about that. So that was about the last episode that I did was about uh, about uh, two weeks, uh, almost two weeks ago is almost the last episode. And the last time you guys saw me was during that time when I got to interview Butterbean at West Texas Comic Con, which was an awesome experience. I'll get to that in a moment. But that's sorry. So sorry for like kind of the later, you know, episode drop just because I was out of town last week. So I was not able to kind of make a new episode at least where I was I was not able to do it just because like I said I was out of town I didn't have my recording equipment with me sadly so I wasn't able to get kind of like the lot like the one episode I did in Galveston when you guys saw like the pretty background with the water and the beach I wasn't able to do that for last week so I so what I decided to do was just do the Butterbean episode for last week's just to kind of cover it kind of do some social media work as much as I can while I was away and now that we're back I know usually I do these episodes kind of like on Tuesday or Wednesday, but it's been hectic since I got back. Uh, I got back really recently. And then on top of that, I also, I'm just super busy with school trying to graduate. Most of you probably know if you watch the podcast for a little bit, I am in college and this, com this upcoming summer term is going to be my last term ever in college. So hopefully I can get my degree and, you know, kind of finish that chapter in my life so hopefully you know cheers to that and not just for myself but any other college graduate out there that's listening in on this podcast if you're a semester or two away a year away you're getting your doctoral you're almost there i promise and it feels like it is a long time because i know i've done it so just know you will get there and you know it'll be very rewarding in the end but you know, but as I said, sorry for kind of, you know, a little bit of a later, you know, podcast episode. I promise that next week we'll be back a little bit more on track. I'll have a little bit more of a handle of scheduling and being able to make the podcast for you guys to listen in or if you're watching this on YouTube. But if you are watching, if you're listening, I'm going to tell you guys, but if you are watching this on YouTube, as you can see, there's kind of a little bit more stuff in the background. So, for example, the... Uh, poster right here is a Tiffany Vollmer poster. I actually sponsored her celebrity guest appearance. I don't know if you guys can see it, but there's a logo and there's Tiffany Vollmer. Wonderful lady. I got to meet her at West Texas Comic Con. Very awesome. And then we also have some more stuff. I met the real Karate Kid a while back. Very fun guy along with Ralph Macchio. And then I also have the boxing glove I got autographed by Butterbean himself so a couple little new additions to a little bit of the background setting especially for this one because i know it's just a blank wall for a while so i'm glad we were able to put something there that looks good and i'm very happy about that so to kind of move on i want to talk about kind of my experience with west texas comic-con 2023 um so just you know kind of what you know going on with all that first of all it was a great experience i had a great time there at west texas comic-con in the lubbock memorial civic center very uh nice a nice building to be at so it was a lot of fun to you know be there you know interact with some of the celebrities that were present uh for the convention outside of just butterbean i did get to meet like tiffany volmer the one that i sponsored the table for just because i kind of did some work with the convention i was able to get my logo with her posters that was pretty cool of them 
thank you to West Texas Comic Con for doing that. And then talking to Butterbean, Butterbean was, honestly, he was a great guy. Like, he really was, and he was a great guest on the podcast, and I think he was, like, you know, he was super nice whenever I was talking to him outside of the camera, kind of getting to know him a little better, you know, kind of getting a feel of how he is, you know, and then some topics, you know, we were able to discuss, and, well, you know, maybe what was something that was not off the table, but he was, su he was such a great guest. He honestly really was. I had a great time with him, and then after, you know, we got done with the podcast, I met up with him, talked to him again, you know, very nice. He said he had a great time doing the podcast episode with me, and, you know, definitely liked kind of the difference, you know, kind of a different way we did it. So I was very glad he had a great time. I had a, I had a great time this pa that past weekend, you know, and not even just like Tiffany Vollmer and Eric, uh, Eric Butterbean, you know, I met Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, Mike Rotunda from IRS, uh, Mark Britton, who was in Dragon Ball, CJ Russell, who was in uh, Friday the 13th, and uh, Burton Gilliam, you know, uh, the Predator, uh, Brian A. Prince, so I got to meet, I got to meet a lot of cool people and then I'm meeting, you know, others. I got to meet like other people from sports world that uh, showed up there. I know there was a sports director that came. I got to talk to him. You know, it was just a great time all around. So I just want to say uh, thank you to West Texas Comic Con for setting that up and, you know, kind of doing that collab, letting me do a live episode in front of the audience. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I had a great time and uh, from the audience that I saw, you know they had a great time and i know there was the only issue was the audio and kind of just hearing in on the podcast it was a little tricky um not even just like here in the video but in the venue it was such a big area and it was so loud in there and we only had little speakers to work with so that was like really the only thing that was kind of a little bit of an issue so but other than that i mean it was like i said it was a great time i also got to meet some of the power rangers there awesome um awesome people uh tracy and Christopher Lee, great, uh, great, great people. So it was, I had a great time. It was a blast. And like I said, thank you to Butterbean to, uh, for being on the podcast, you know, giving us a little gift for the podcast. Now you guys can see the little glove right behind me. Thank you for a little gift from Tiffany Vollmer for, you know, letting me sponsor her table. She got it autographed. So thank you to them for the gifts to kind of, you know, make this place look like a little more a little more roomy, you know, get something finally for that back wall. You don't, you don't understand how much that bugged me for so long. It was just a blank wall right there. And now we kind of got something right there. So I'm so happy that we were able to get that covered. So, but thank you to West Texas Comic Con for you guys and letting me do the live, first ever live episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. Thank you guys so much. And hopefully we can do it again next year, depending on who's going to go or, you know, if they get some more athletes or something, we'll see. But, you know, from, but from this past year, I had a great experience, like I said, and I had a great time. But let's move on from all that stuff. Let's talk about sports. It's been a while, like I said, so a lot of stuff happened, but there were some things that caught my eye that, you know, when I was gone and kind of just things that are popping up now. And I know some of you are wondering, what's with the shades? It's summertime, trying to get that summer feel. It's a little warm in here, so obviously I had to go tank top for this episode and kind of get the shades of that summer vibe I got going on here. So first up, this is kind of news that happened today, and that's why I'm kind of happy that maybe we did the podcast a little later because this popped up. James Harden has opted to be traded from the 76ers. Why, I don't understand. I don't understand what, like, why he wants to get traded from the Sixers who offered him a contract, first of all, and, a team, and they were like one of the few teams that actually you know, got him from the Nets when he was absolutely horrendous with the Nets. He was out of shape when he showed up. He wasn't producing in Brooklyn. And the 76ers were one of the teams that gave him a chance to possibly shine. And there were little glimpses of his old self whenever I saw him play with the 76ers, mostly when Embiid wasn't taking charge. But 
overall, like, I don't understand why he would want a trade when the 76ers are probably the only team that's really going to want him or at least they're going to be willing to pay him money. And if we're talking about the ring chase here, like, we're talking about just chasing rings, that's, the 76ers are probably going to be their be the best bet to possibly get a ring for James Harden, especially since that's the one thing he doesn't really have. He has MVPs, he's gotten records, you know, stuff like that. He's set records. But he doesn't have a ring because whenever he was in Houston and OKC, I think the closest was OKC. But, you know, in Houston, it was it was the James Harden show. And then when Chris Paul came, it was a complete. It was a weird show, whatever the heck they were doing in Houston. But either way, before, you know, now looking at James Harden, he isn't the same James Harden that we saw in Houston. You know, he's not going to get the max contract that he possibly thinks he wants because he wasn't even contributing to get a max contract. Even if the 76ers really wanted to keep him, which I feel, I feel like they did. They wanted to keep him just because, you know, that way they have him and maybe he can be a little glimpse of himself, you know, again, but he wasn't. We saw it in the playoffs when Embiid imploded uh, when, they lost, when they lost in playoffs, in the playoff series, and they imploded. And he was not any help. He really wasn't. He was, you know, a poor three-point shooter. He was barely getting to the line. He was barely scoring at any point, which is the worst thing you want, especially when your MVP player in Joel Embiid is slacking. You would hope that maybe James Harden would kind of step up like he's shown in uh, in the regular season. And now he wants to be traded. I know one of the teams he said he wants to go, he wants to go back to Houston, which, I mean, go for it. But the thing with Houston is it's not the same Houston team whenever he first left. I think why he wants to go back to Houston, though, is it's it's being comfortable. He was used to it. He liked it in Houston because they were very, you know, laissez-faire. They didn't they they let him do what he wanted because he was he was James Harden. He was their star. He was the one, you know, bringing in people into the building, selling tickets, jersey sales. He was run. He was doing well business-wise for the Houston Rockets organization. So him probably being comfortable being in Houston, Texas, you know, liking the lifestyle down there. We all know, you know, what he likes to go do on his free time. But now, like, he's not going to get a max contract like he probably thinks he might get. It's like the Kyrie situation that I talked about in a couple episodes ago is that you know, he may get something, but he's not going to get what he wants. And that's going to be the bigger issue. And that's what I kind of fear about James Harden is that he's going to try to get a trade. And who's going to want him is the bigger question. Say Houston does want him. Let's go with the sake of argument that he that they want to get him. The thing is, is that they, they have too many young players. So it's going to be like, well, who are we going to give up to get James Harden? And on top of that, if James Harden does go to Houston, it's a very young team. So he's not going to win a ring anytime soon. He's not showing that he is the old James Harden that he used to be. So what was the what's the point of him asking for a trade when legitimately... You are you're playing with an MVP in Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris is pretty good. You don't have Ben Simmons there to hold you down. Why? Like, what's the issue with that? Doc Rivers is now gone because they fired him because he can't make it past the he can't make it to the conference uh, championship or even to the finals. He's gone. So what's so what's like? I don't understand why he really wants to leave and why he would want to be traded, especially since the 76ers are looking like the only team that really want Harden, if that makes sense. Because Brooklyn got him, hoping that they could be the big three with him, Kyrie, and KD. Didn't work because he got shipped, KD got shipped, and Kyrie got shipped. And now the Brooklyn Nets just have a handful of draft picks that they just got from those three, you know, going away. So 
and the 76ers got picked, you know, traded for him and they picked him up or they picked him up. So that's like my thing. It's like, why, why would James Harden want to just offer a trade when the 76ers look like the only team in the NBA right now that would really want him, or at least they would like to keep him around a little bit longer. That is my, that's just what I don't understand to me. It's not clicking in my head about why he would want to opt for a trade. Now, will the 76ers trade him is a whole nother question because that's going to be a whole other, you know, thing up to the 76ers organization if they really want to move on from James Harden. Do I think they should? I mean, depending on what they're going to get, I think it's worth a worth a discussion just because like I said, in playoffs he did not really produce. There were glimpses of his old self and then there were other times he looked like he just didn't care to be there or he wasn't the best player on the on the court. And that's kind of the like the sad part, especially since he was, you know, he used to be really good and now not so much. He's just a shell of himself. So if the 76ers should trade a Harden, I would at least maybe listen to some offers if there is any. If not, I mean, luckily they still have him and he has to still be there. So that's kind of an up, I guess, they can look at and maybe they can convince him to stay. But who knows? He's, it seems like he's very dead set on leaving uh, the 76ers. And, you know, he like I said, the, big, the one I heard the most is him going back to Houston. And I think it's a comfort thing. You know, he liked it in Houston. He doesn't like it in Philadelphia, but who knows? I don't know. But at the end of the day, I don't I don't think he should ask for a trade because I feel like the 76ers are going to be the only team that legitimately probably want to keep him on, at least for this upcoming season. All right, speaking of players that should probably move on, we're talking about Damian Lillard, and I believe he actually should leave the Portland Trailblazers. Now, if you guys have, you know, followed uh, Damian Lillard for such a long time, he's been a lifelong trailblazer ever since he got drafted he has not moved even though a lot of players probably would have left the portland trailblazers and they he talks about loyalty to the team he said he wants to be a trailblazer for the entirety of his career and i respect it i really do loyalty is very hard to come by nowadays especially when especially you know when teams are offering you fat sums of money to come on in and come you know help them out like one of the teams i heard about is like maybe miami trying to make a push to go get him uh, from the Trailblazers, if they can, who knows if they actually will get him? Uh, get him though. That's going to be a whole other discussion. But, however, like I, I truly believe Damian Lillard should leave the Trailblazers because they have not. They keep the organization keeps saying that they're going to try to build a team around him. I don't know how they're going to do that because I feel like that ship has sailed a long time ago with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge getting traded away. CJ McCollum is not there. It's literally the Damian Lillard show or bust in Portland. And that's the bad part because he's a top 100, top 75 player in the NBA and he doesn't have a team to work with, which is which in my opinion sucks because he's, he's an all-star. You know, he's an all-pro. He, he legitimately carries that organization and the team. Now, I understand it from a business perspective though. Let's look at his uh, business here. Now, for the Trailblazers, obviously keeping him, it's going to put butts in seats, which is one of the biggest things an organization wants to do is get butts in seats. How do you do that? We have Damian Lillard, a top uh, top 100, top 75 uh, NBA player. Jersey sales through the roof because everybody loves Dame. You know, uh, ticket, uh, home ticket sales, stuff like that. He's an attraction to Portland. However, Portland is not an attraction to free agents to come help Damian Lillard. No one wants to go to Portland to go play there or, you know, help them out. And the times that they did, they leave. So when you look at it that way, I think Damian should just really consider it because 
at this point he's given all he has to that organization he really has like he's shown loyalty he's worked through adversity i remember the game i saw when he played against okc and he hit the game winner in the playoffs in front of paul george and sent him and russell westbrook uh russell westbrook home in the playoffs i remember watching that and he's made those kinds of moments for that organization for a very long time he's brought them all you know he's been all-star selected he's, he's an all-pro stuff like that he has the accolades just not a ring but portland is not doing a great job at trying to build that team uh, build a team around Damian Lillard. Now they got a couple people in the draft. Uh, they drafted a point guard for some reason. I thought like if you're going to build, if you're going to build around Dame, why would you get a point guard or get a de developmental player that may not help you for the next couple years? Didn't make much sense to me. But but if they can at least try to get some free agents, then maybe it'll convince Damian to stay. But right now the Portland Trailblazers organization is not doing that great of a job of trying to get him his help that he deserves and that he needs. Or just, you know, granting him, like, you know what, thank you so much for all the memories and thank you for everything. But if you really want to stay, then, you you know, we'll keep you. But if you really want to go and get traded, we will work something out. We'll send you to Miami. We'll send you, you know, whoever may want you. I know Miami was reported very interested in Damian Lillard, which, by the way, if Miami got gets Damian Lillard, they're going to be scary in the East, depending on who they give up. It's going to depend on what they give up for Damian or if you know if they want to wait till he hits the he till he hits the market, which who knows if he will or not. But I I digress on that situation. So Dame, I think I think he should really consider it. He really should consider possibly asking for a trade and getting out of Portland, just because I think he deserves a ring with how hard of a worker he is. You know he has great work ethic. He has the heart of a champion. You know creates moment after moment there's a lot of teams that have been trying to get him i know the lakers uh you know in recent years try to get damian but the portland trailblazers wouldn't bite and he wouldn't go or the lakers just didn't want to give up you know that much to get damian so it it's going to depend on what the price is going to be for the trailblazers and if damian wants to stay he seems like he wants to he wants to be a trailblazer for life which i respect i really really do respect that but i think he should think about leaving if he really wants a championship ring I think Portland's not going to be the place for it. I would try to go somewhere else. I don't know about making a super team, but like I said, Miami got really close this past year when everyone counted them out when playoffs began and they made it to the finals. So, I mean, Miami may have something in store. They may come up with a little, work their little magic and try to get Damian down to South Beach. But we're going to see what happens with that story. But uh, in my opinion, I do think that Damian should consider taking off. Alrighty, moving on from the NBA and all that great news, we're going to move on to the meat and potatoes of this podcast, the NFL. So this is a story I kind of saw, I believe it was yesterday or two days ago. It's about Travis Kelsey. Nothing bad. He didn't He didn't do the White House thing where he, I don't know what he was going to say in that whole scenario when Patrick cut him off. But there was a, not really a report, but one of his agents came out saying that, you know, or he came out to a vanity, a vanity article Say, stating that his agents believe that he deserves more money and he's being undervalued. Now, here's the crazy twist of fate on this whole scenario here. Travis Kelsey, you know, he's, you know, I don't think he was like taking shots at, you know, Kansas City. I think he was probably venting his air because, you know, probably when he has a great game, like he usually does, like 10 catches for 120 yards and two TDs, you know, an agent's going to come by and say, hey, man, like, Give me a call. I'm going to get you some money. But here's the thing. 
agents are trying to get you more money so they can get paid more money. So we have to keep that in mind. That I mean, agents got to get paid too. They they don't work for free here. You know, unless you're Lamar Jackson, you just don't hire anybody. But everyone else has an agent. You got to pay them. You know, and the more money they can get you, guess what? That's more money in their pocket. However, what I credit Travis Kelsey here is that. You know, he's choosing not to take mo- you know, take more money somewhere else, and he's choosing to stay with Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, which he has a great relationship with Mahomes. He loves Andy Reid and that, how they run that Kansas City office. I mean, he gets the ball all the time. You know, he's, he's arguably going to go down as one of the best receiving tight ends or probably the best receiving tight end in NFL history. He's already the best tight end in the NFL right now. The only closest one is probably going to be George Kittle. It's probably going to be the closest one to, like, what he does. But, you know, Travis Kelsey's just a, you know, he's a playmaker. He's a difference maker. We've seen it in the Super Bowl. We've seen it in season that he is just a difference maker. But instead of like what Tyreek did and he left to get more money, which is respectable. I'm not going to sit here and say like, well, the Cheetah should have stayed in Kansas City because he's not going to win another ring in Miami. I don't think he will either. But that's not the point. I respect people for going somewhere else because they wanted a little bit more money or this team has a little bit more you know, a little more cash. I'm not going to blame you for going to chase, you know, going to chase a little more money, you know, like chasing the bag. I get it. Like get paid. If you earned it, you earned it. I've, I was uh, advocating for Lamar Jackson to get paid for a while. So when you look at it that way, you know, I understand, especially with someone as impactful as Travis Kelsey is, you know, you would think he would be getting paid like top dollar money, you know, or at least like pretty decent money when you consider looking at some of the wide receivers that get paid and they get more money from him than him. But he doesn't see it that way. He sees it as he wants to stay in Kansas City and he's going to do it. And, you know, however, it's going to be, you know, salary cap friendly. They already gave Mahomes that giant 10 year contract, you know, whatever's going to help them bring in people, because that's something we also got to consider whenever you go go away and take uh, take a large sum of the salary cap is that. You take a large sum of the money, we don't have a lot to disperse, so you have to keep that in mind. And I feel that Travis Kelsey understands that, that if I ask for top-notch money, we're going to lose out on a key, a key piece either somewhere else on the offense or on defense. And that's what I believe he truly understands. So whenever his agents come up and try to tell him that you, you know, hey, you got another great, big, great game, just saying, let's, let's, get, some more, let's get a little more moolah in your pocket. And he's saying, no, I want to, you know, I'd rather stay here. And I think that's big of them. And I think it's a little refreshing because some, some players don't do that, you know? And like I said, I'm not going to – I'm not hating on players that, do, you know, that do go to another team because they're getting paid more. Go get paid. I'm perfectly cool with it. If you've earned it, you've earned it. But, you know, but if you're also a player that wants to stay with a team because it's going to be team-friendly, it's going to help them out, you know, kind of like what Brady did whenever he was in New England. He never asked for a giant max contract even though he was considered the GOAT. You know, he took team-friendly deals so they can bring him in more talent. And that's exactly what I believe, that Travis Kelsey understands that situation. And he's saying, you know, I'm going to take some, I'm going to still take some money, but I'm not going to break our bank to where we are not going to be able to get more help down the road. And my contract is in the way of that situation. So I applaud. I'm going to give him one of these. Travis Kelsey, I applaud you for that. I applaud you. Because not a lot of not a lot of people would think about that, you know, think about it in the long run. Nor would probably some agents think about that in the long run. Because I mean, and also I mean, he he's been to the AFC Championship like well ever since Patrick Mahomes started, almost every year. He's already has two Super Bowl rings in the last like what three years, three four years. He's already had two Super Bowl rings. Uh, like I said, considered the best uh, best receiving tight end in the NFL right now, and he's probably gonna go down as one of the best receiving tight ends of all time. 
possibly the best, depending on how it goes. Patrick Mahomes is, you know, looking good. He's, you know, he's looking great. That offense works. Andy Reid is an offensive, you know, genius. They're going to they're gonna be fine. I think he's going to be okay, and I think he's okay with not taking a lot of money. And also, you guys have got to think of it this way. He does probably get sponsorships and, you know, Nike deals. You know, he got to host SNL. And another, like, thing I kind of thought about was also, you know, if he does go to another team and they don't necessarily do well, I mean, bye-bye to hosting SNL, you know, uh, TV time with Fallon or going to the White House trying to national treasure it. Which, by the way, he actually said that on a podcast. He was actually going to go try and national treasure the White House, which I don't blame him. I would have tried that too myself. Try to get the declaration, get some lemon juice. You guys know what I'm talking about. So, you know, but he, he's a great, he has a big personality. He's a great guy. You know, he does a podcast with his brother. You know, he's got revenue coming in left and right. I think he's not too worried about getting a big check from the Kansas City Chiefs if he has other, you know, venues of income coming in from somewhere else. Alrighty, so next topic. This has been reported uh, earlier this week. There was a report of a dozen players in the NFL getting suspended for gambling. We're back on this gambling business again. Uh, I've, I'm blanking on the name, but offensive tackle for the Titans. He's getting suspended for six games because he wasn't gambling on NFL games, but he was gambling on NFL property, or he was gambling in the where the Titans' like practice facility is at. It's, we're back to this issue again. Why is everybody gambling in the NFL? Like, why do you feel the need to gamble? I don't understand that. Because they make a lot of money. Even if you're on the practice squad, you make at least a little sum of money. You don't need a gamble. It's not worth getting suspended. Like Jamison Williams, it's not worth getting suspended. The, the Titans tackle, not worth getting suspended. The cornerback for the Colts, it's not worth getting suspended. And now a dozen more players have been um accused of gambling i believe uh today it was reported that like like three or four of them are like gonna get suspended including the ta the ta the the tackle and then there's still more being investigated right now why now i understand that sports betting has grown in the in recent years you know coming into the into the 2020 uh 2020s you know the rise of sports betting has you know gone up i mean i've seen it i have colleagues i got friends that you know gamble i know uh for me like i do i don't like spend money on DraftKings, but i use the DraftKings app to do like the free like little you know draft pe you know draft the players i do it with my parents you know just to kind of do it that way and you know we have our own little you know side bet with dinner you know who pays for dinner so like i get it you know i get it. it's like a thing that people do you know fantasy, fantasy football is another one and stuff like that you know uh the Vegas odd makers, you know, now they're kind of an influence on how people see how, you know, how games are going to go, stuff like that. But if you're in the NFL and it says in clear black and white in the code of conduct of the NFL that you will not, you will not gamble on NFL games and you will not gamble on NFL property, why are you doing it? Like, I don't get it. And I don't understand why, like, a lot of NFL players are thinking that they're going to get away. They've already caught so many people in the span of just this year, I think added up a dozen probably over 20 players have already been caught you know I'm, I'm just rounding here i'm not saying that's a correct estimate but i'm kind of rounding here but you're get you get what i mean there's already so many players that think they're getting away with it but they're gonna find out the nfl always finds out the nfl is like baskin robbins they always find out keep that in mind before you go gamble and if you're thinking about gambling if you're an nfl player 
it's like the old saying goes, if you're if you don't think it's a good idea, it's probably not a good idea. If you don't think you should do it, you should probably not do it. And I understand not every person in the NFL, not every player is going to be Patrick Mahomes getting endorsement deals or Travis Kelsey getting to host CNN or Dak Prescott getting on commercials with uh, the Tempur-Pedic mattresses or Baker Mayfield who got the Hulu uh, commercials, Matthew Stafford getting on Little Caesars, etc., etc. I get not everyone's going to get that. I understand. But gambling is not going to be the way to bring in revenue. You know, figure something out. Get a side hustle. I've seen, you know, some NFL players, you know, they either they either give back to the community, they do, they open up their own little business, something like that. You know, we, we've seen people make money through other avenues aside of your NFL contracts or anything like that, especially if it's not looking good or you're not going to get paid a ton of money like how some other players are. So, so you should never resort to gambling because it's not good and it doesn't look good for the NFL. Like I said, a lot of the reason why they're trying to avoid gambling is because they're trying to avoid tamp, you know, uh, point shaving, tampering, or even owing people where they got to throw games and it ruins the integrity of the NFL. That's why they're trying to shut it down as much as they can. MLB for a long time had that issue of you know, sport of, of betting, and they had a bad, you know, bad reputation of it. The White Sox back in the 1900s had that problem where the players weren't making a lot of money, but gamblers and people were saying, hey, like, do you want to make some extra cash? Throw the game. And guess what they did? And they got in real big trouble. So they don't want to, they don't want that to happen in the NFL nowadays, especially since sports betting is a lot easier to access with all these apps and stuff like that coming out, or even just like, you know, Vegas, just going to Vegas alone, you know, we see, you know, we see like influencers and artists like Drake drop 10 million, Floyd Mayweather puts racks, even Des Bryant, you know, he puts money on the Cowboys games, but they're not involved in the sport. And they're, you know, and they're still, you know, if Des Bryant was still in the NFL, he probably would not be betting right now. He just wouldn't because it's in the code of conduct in clear black and white for the NFL players. Do not gamble. Just don't do it at all. And you shouldn't, it should, it's not worth the risk. It's not worth getting suspended and missing out on games. That's missing out on, you know, getting paid for being at the games. That's being, you know, cut from like, you probably earning more incentives like Jamison Williams. Williams. He probably can get incentives for reaching a certain amount of yards or catches or whatever's in his contract. But you get suspended for six, about six games or so. It ain't going to help you. And you may not reach those incentives. And those six games might be the crucial thing that gets you there. Same thing with the Titans tackle. If they are, if they start off 0-6 because they're weak at the tackle position if and all that, guess what? It's going to be on him because he got suspended. And because you wanted to gamble and you're thinking you're going to get away with it, which you're not. It's it's not going to happen. Like I'm sorry to burst, you know, people's bubble on that. If if your job says don't do it, don't do it. It's not worth getting caught, it's not worth getting suspended or even losing your position, especially since now probably the NFL and Roger Goodell are going to be even more stricter now since a lot of people aren't learning their lesson. There's consequences to your actions, and it's just plain and simple. There's consequences. Just don't do it. Leave it alone. Alrighty, so this is kind of a topic that I've been waiting to go uh, go off on. So um, earlier this week, there was a couple people talking about, you know, what's the expectation for Deshaun Watson now that he's actually going to play a full season? And I've, I've been wanting to do this rant for a while now. It's about him and the contract and everything. So let's start from the beginning. When Deshaun Watson, you know, he left Houston. He got 
a big old contract with Cleveland, 230 million guaranteed, and he wasn't even guaranteed to play. He was already going to be suspended because of the off the field, uh, you know, accusations at the masseuse parlor, and he was possibly going to do jail time. So the Browns looked like the biggest morons, giving him all that money, and they wasn't even sure he was going to play. He was already going to have to be suspended, you know, for a while. You know, he didn't play. I believe he didn't play his first. No, he did play his first year. He just didn't come back to the 12th game, so it didn't even matter at that point. But now, fast forward to now. Um, there's, you know. Uh, there's been kind of reports that he's looking like his old self compared to, you know, last season when he played like kind of the last the last uh, stretch of the season just to kind of get his legs warm a little bit, get a feel for the offense. And he didn't do that well. And we, everyone was thinking, what? This isn't Deshaun Watson. Well, of course, it's not Deshaun Watson, because if you don't play for two, two years straight, you're not going to have the same touch, especially if you're going to a new team and you've never worked with them before. It was the same thing I saw when he did when they allowed him to play in the preseason game this past year. Um I was like, he didn't look that good. Why? Because he hasn't played. He can't just take a, you know, just take two years off of football because of contract negotiations and off-field stuff going on, and expect to still be good. Now, they're saying that he's looking like his old self. Um, it that sounds great. If he was still with the Houston Texans, because now he's with Cleveland. When he now that he's in a way tougher you know, division than he was in Houston because he has to go up against Lamar and the Ravens, Cincinnati and, uh, and Joe Burrow and the Steelers. The Steelers, uh, Mike Tom is going to find a way to finish above 500. Lamar is going back to the Ravens and they just added weapons to the offense and then along with their defense still being pretty good. And then Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati with Jamar Chase is still there. And he, I think he's probably the second best uh, quarterback in the NFL right now. They're they're not gonna win their division. I don't have them winning the division this year. Even if he's up to snub on the old Deshaun Watson, even if he got all the rust off and said, you know, like I'm back. Lamar's still there. Joe Burrow is still there. Mike Tomlin runs a great defense. Somehow he finishes above 500. Good freaking luck with that. Like if he was still in Houston and they figured it out and he stayed, I think it'd be like exciting because I'm thinking for the Texans fans, oh they're about to win the division or they can compete with. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, but that's not it. He's in a tougher division now. And here's the worst part of it all about this this whole contract thing. Aside of him resetting the market, and that was that was so stupid of the Browns because they put the NFL QB market in such jeopardy here. Here's why. Let, but let's go away from that. Let's go to Lamar Jackson's whole craziness of a contract thing we went through in March. You know, he wanted like a, a close to Deshaun Watson or a little bit more in guarantees. And that was just not going to be re that was not going to be realistic for the Baltimore Ravens. They were not going to break the bank with him. And then Jalen Hurts got his contract and it was a little bit more reasonable. And guess what? The Ravens went to went to Lamar and probably, you know, told, you know, him and Lamar, them and Lamar probably sat down and said, let's be realistic. Jalen Hurts got to the Super Bowl before you did. And he kind of and he got a little bit less of a deal and that's a little bit more what we can work with and then he got his contract done and you see how that works but Deshaun Watson's contract and the guarantees that he got from Cleveland it just put the QB market at a very unrealistic you know pedestal the only one close enough to get that much in guarantees is going to be Patrick Mahomes because he's proven that he can do it you know he's proven it but he already has a 10-year deal so he ain't he ain't even tripping he doesn't, he doesn't need that kind of deal because he's going to have a lot more coming in the end. 
So he's the closest one, in my opinion, that could possibly etch Deshaun Watson and be worth it because he's, you know, Patrick Mahomes has done it. But even then, check this out. If Deshaun Watson does not play well, the expectations obviously for everybody is a Super Bowl. For me, they're not going to win the division. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Definitely not with Kansas City and Cincinnati and, you know, Lamar being there. And I'm, you can count Josh Allen and the Jets and however that's going to go in the NFC, in the AFC East. They're, it's not going to be an easy road for them. So Baker Mayfield got them a, a playoff win against the Steelers. And they haven't reached the playoffs since and haven't had a playoff win since. So, so what's going to be their expectation here? And if they don't make playoffs, like if they just don't make it at all, you know how disappointing that's going to be for Cleveland Brown fans, knowing that they gave that man all that money and they still didn't make playoffs. And they have to live with that guaranteed contract hole that they're going to have, and they're going to have to find a way to negotiate. And on top of that, they're not going to be able to, because you know Deshaun Watson's not going not gonna to do it. So, if he does not do well, you know what's going to happen NFL owners will again have power. This is kind of like a kind of connecting to what I said about Baltimore not giving in to Lamar and giving him all that guaranteed money. They were they were essentially giving power back to the NFL owners saying you do not have to bow down to the high mighty dollar of the quarterback. Here's here's an example. Hear me out here. Like just stick with me. Say Deshaun Watson does not make playoffs this year disappointing season even though they were hyping him up to be the old Deshaun Watson you know we're gonna make playoffs we're gonna beat Cincinnati and the Ravens highly doubt it but let's say that you know let's say they have a bad season you know what the NFL owners can just go do when people like Justin Herbert want to get a new contract and they want to get something close to Deshaun if I'm an owner and a quarterback came up to me and said I want money close to Deshaun I and I saw how bad of a season he had. I'm gonna. T I would look that quarterback dead in the eye and tell him, "Really, you want to take up all that money? You want close to the Sean Watson money? What did he do for that organization? Absolutely freaking nothing. I'm not paying you that kind of money." Boom! They just got power back because they can use him as an example not to give a QB high-ranking money, especially since you know Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson kind of got you know top you know higher-tiered. Uh, contracts in you know that they were able to get and Deshaun's just way too exaggerated owners are going to come back and look at that and say well Deshaun didn't do much this is all hypothetical here if Deshaun doesn't do well the owners can say well he didn't do well Jalen Hurts still made it to a Super Bowl probably before some of the quarterbacks before any of them uh, before say Justin Herbert he made it before Justin Herbert I'm not giving you Jalen Hurts money because you haven't done what Jalen Hurts did. Lamar Jackson single-handedly was the best is the best player on offense for the Baltimore Ravens, and without him, they were not very good. And and it's going to determine if they if they're going to feel the same way with Justin Herbert. So that might be down. So he's going to have to take a a contract a little lower. It's going to be the same way with Joe Burrow. Now Joe Burrow might be able to get a little bit more of a of a closer to Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson contract just because we did see. You know how they were without Joe Burrow, and he got to the Super Bowl. He didn't win, but he got there uh, before Jalen Hurts, and, and he barely lost to, you know, the Rams because of a battle line. Whatever, he still got there. So he'd probably be the other one that's closest. But let's let's stick with Justin Herbert for a second because I know he's gonna come up on a contract soon. 
So owners can come back and say, no, because Deshaun didn't do much. You still haven't made it to the Super Bowl. You haven't won an MVP. I'm not going to give you up to like those top three and contract and contract guarantees. No, it's out of the question. And then you're going to be, you know, dicing and fighting for money. And that's what the Browns don't realize is what they've done. They are going to give owners that kind of power, especially since since a lot of QBs are going to probably want, you know, pretty good top dollar, especially since they play the most important position in the whole team. So when you look at it that way and you kind of see the kind of ripple effect that the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson have created for the NFL and the cute quarterback market, it ain't going to be good going into the future, especially with these, you know, more younger quarterbacks that are probably looking to get more money down the road, like Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. It's going to be a tier thing. And if Deshaun Watson doesn't produce like everyone thinks he's going to do, guess what? That He's just going to be an example of overpaid and was overrated after getting paid and he wasn't good anymore and guess what that's going to be the bar of no because we saw what happened with Deshaun and waiting the browns gave him that kind of money and they still didn't make playoffs like i said this is all hypothetical this is not a guarantee this will happen but this is how i'm thinking about it when i think about this whole situation that the browns and the and Deshaun Watson have put everybody in because now we're all gonna have to look closely now devil's advocate here if they somehow you know they do make playoffs then maybe he was worth the money but are they gonna win the division probably not because they're gonna they're in one of the toughest divisions in the AFC aside of the AFC West because they're gonna have Kansas City there but the but the AFC North has Baltimore and Cincinnati and the Steelers like they ain't they're not going anywhere so they're already going to have a hard time trying to even get in the wild card or even get, even try to win the division, especially since, you know, Deshaun Watson took up a lot of the salary cap. So that's, that's my issue. And that's my rant about this whole situation is that they legit screwed up the market for the QBs. Cause even, even with the salary cap increasing every year, it's still going to take a long time before 230 sounds normal to people. 230 million and guaranteed is still not it still blows everybody's mind that they were able to do that or 250 however much he got in the guarantees you know it still blew everybody's mind that this happened and now you know you know owners were losing their minds and they were hating the browns for this so but now they may thank him if deshaun watson doesn't live up to his expectations and that's just essentially what they have done is that they put either the owners in jeopardy or they put the other player of other qbs in jeopardy that probably deserve a contract as well as Deshaun Watson did but they they're not going to get top dollar because he's going to be an example of what happens when you overpay somebody so that's just something to keep in mind and kind of room for thought all right it's a final topic for the podcast today I have the NFC North who do I think is going to win the NFC North I have the Detroit Lions here's why even though the the Bears that Bears you know, they traded the number one pick to get DJ Moore and they got a little bit O-line help. There's still a little bit of a ways before they can, you know, really be like contenders in my opinion. The Packers are going to regress because Aaron Rodgers is not there anymore. This is Jordan Love's first time taking, you know, taking the reins and he's the one controlling, you know, control of the offense. We have not seen enough of Jordan Love to really determine if he's going to be really good. Now, there were some people in the Packers organization saying he's looking great. He's looking like the best quarterback in the division. I say no. Like, I, I really don't think so. I think he looks good if you're practicing against your own guys. Yeah, but when you get when you get in the in the dogfight with other teams, I mean, that's going to be a whole other ballgame. Everyone could look good in practice until you go play play the real thing. And that's gonna be the that's gonna be the thing for the Packers. I think it's gonna take time 
for Jordan Love to really get there, especially since, you know, Aaron Rodgers refused to retire and refused to give up the starting spot because he was so butthurt by this whole situation. So that's another thing that they're going to have to keep into consideration is that he hasn't had enough time to fully get a full season under his belt and get the swing of things. Now, let's look at the Vikings. Now, I know the Vikings went there, uh, had a quote-unquote great year. I think they had a, one of the weirdest seasons ever, you know, because there were games where they did not look good, and then there were games where he, they looked like Super Bowl contenders, and then there were games where they just come back be, from the Colts being down 30-plus points and winning the game, and nobody knows how that happened. It was just a weird year, but I don't see that happening twice. Lightning doesn't strike twice on a person, so I and you don't get lucky that often. Kirk Cousins still didn't have... he. Everyone says he had, a, he had a great season. I don't think so. He still had a pretty high interception, interceptions thrown last season. I believe he was like top five in interceptions. I believe he was number two. He was tied for second. But I, don't, I just don't see it. They did add help when they drafted another wide receiver to help out um, Justin Jefferson since they traded away um, or since they released. I'm sorry. They got they released Adam Thielen and now he's in um, he's in Carolina now helping out Bryce Young. So I think that the NFC North is one of the other divisions in the NFC that's up for grabs, aside of the NFC South. And we'll get to the NFC South in another episode. But I'm sorry, but I, I got to go with the Lions here. Because the Lions, even with a rocky start that they had this last uh, last season, they, they didn't have a winning record up, but they got progressively better. And Dan Campbell and his biting kneecaps, you know, whole mentality – they got behind him. They like He was a coach that they really got behind, and that's exactly what you want from your players is to get behind the coach. If they believe in the coach, good things are going to happen, and they did. Jared Goff had a good season. like He really did. Like It, it may not look at it from the record-wise, but he had a good season. He actually had some pretty good stats. And check this out. In the division, looking at it, in the NFC North, the, the Lions actually had a better record than the Vikings did. The Lions finished 5 and 1 in the division. The <clears throat> the Vikings finished 4 and 2 in the division. So they were actually second in the division if we go by division wins. They would have not technically made playoffs, but since the Vikings had a better record than the Lions, they made it. And then the Lions eliminated the Packers from going to the playoffs and they basically kicked Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay and sent them back into the AFC and New York. They have a lot of momentum coming in. They added some, you know, they got a new running back. They added some help on defense. I believe that was kind of their weakest link. Amon Rossi Brown, uh, probably a great wide receiver. He's going to be a great wide receiver. He's already looking like it. After Jameson Williams comes back from his suspension this year, they're going to be good on offense. I believe DJ Clark is still there. If I remember correctly, if I'm incorrect, please uh, correct me on that. But they still have some good wide receivers. If Jared Goff can repeat the season he had last year, they're going to be fine. They still have, uh, they got the new running back from Alabama that they drafted, so that that's looking pretty good. So they're they're gonna they're gonna look decent in my opinion. I think they're gonna be the team to beat in the, in the NFC North just because they, they like I said they're gonna probably feel good. Now it ain't looking it ain't looking like that in game one because they got set up they got set up with Kansas City and that's not gonna be easy. But I mean all roads are not gonna be easy. I mean Rome was not built in 24 hours, and I think that the Lions they really have a chance in this division since Aaron Rodgers is gone. I don't see. Kirk Cousins having a great year again, or having whatever the season they had, the uh, the Bears are going to be are going to be a little bit better. They're not going to have only four wins, and the Packers are going to regress because Jordan Love has is even though he's been in the league for a while, he has not had experience in a full season. So it's going to be real dependent on how that's going to look. So, but I think the Lions right now, from what I've seen last season, 
they got progressively better. They kind of helped put some pieces on defense to help that out. You know, they got a new running back to help uh, Jared Goff. Dan Campbell biting kneecaps. They get behind this guy. So I think the, the Lions are in good hands. Now, it's the Lions, so they I don't know if they'll get their first playoff win, but I think they're going to win the division. I don't think they're going to be, like, top two in the NFC, but they're definitely going to be number three or number four. They're probably going to be third in the NFC, just depending on how their season's kind of, everyone's season kind of goes. So, but at the end of the day, I do believe that the Lions are going to do great. I think the Lions are going to have a great season, and I believe they're going to win the NFC North. Alrighty, guys, but that's going to wrap things up on this episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. Make sure you guys follow me on all of my social media. I'm on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at CAV Sports or CAV Sports Podcast. This episode will be up live on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music probably later this week. Make sure you guys catch it, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.